so it wasn't bad enough, I made it worse. <laughs> happy birthday, Rada. Uh, happy birthday, anyone have a January birthday? Oh my gosh, there's a lot of you, excellent. Well, happy birthday to you. I can sing to you right in your face if you like. Bob, you too? Yeah, oh, oh all three, okay. You what? What? Oh, I thought you were saying Captain Corn, and I was like, is that, is that a cereal? You want a cereal? Anyway, well, welcome this morning. My name is Melody. I'm one of the pastors here at New Song, and we're so happy to see you. There's a song. There's a song. Tell me if you know it. It says, there's a difference between miss ya and I miss your face. Anyone? Just me? Okay. Well, there's a difference between, hey, miss ya and miss your face. So I miss your face when you're not here. I miss seeing your face when you're not here. I told this to uh, the mom's group that we met last week, and I said, you know, I never need a report of where you were or where you're going or you took the Sunday off and you're down at the beach. Or Well, not today. I mean, that'd kind of be a wasted beach trip unless you like the beach in the rain. Um, so I said, I never need a report as to where you've been. I'm just glad you're here. Okay? So I'm glad you're here. I miss your face. Okay? Got it? So when I'm not here, you can say, I missed your face, Melody. Although that may be not so true if you didn't, but that's okay. You can lie a little bit in church. It's fine. Um, okay. So I should just stop talking. <laughs> wow. Yep. It's me. It's okay. Um, well, I just want to make sure you know a couple of things. First of all, welcome. If you are visiting us for the first time, checking us out for the second, third time, whatever it is, we would love to get to know your name, get to know your face, get to know how we can plug you into certain information if that's what you're looking for. So grab a connect card from right in front of you and fill that out and give it to myself or give it to Grant and we will be happy to connect with you. Um, that's so important for us to just say, hey, listen, nice chatting with you today. Nice knowing that you're going to the beach in the rain. Nice whatever it is, okay? So we love to connect. That's our love language, connecting. Um, and uh, just fill that out. Also, if you have a prayer request, fill that out. We pray for those things. We pray for those things weekly. So please do not be shy. Fill it out because that's how we know. So please, again, welcome. Feel uh, the warmth today. The coffee's in a different area. Who was worried when they didn't see the coffee cart outside? Yeah, right? You're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through church? Coffee carts were right outside. Who saw my twin daughters in the mud? Yeah, okay, pretty much everybody. <laughs> they were testing out their rain boots, and I hope they're not still out there. I don't know. I didn't even check. Um, so anyway, welcome. A couple of things we want to celebrate. Gosh, yesterday the garden was full of people and volunteers, and it was, yes, it was awesome. Give them a round of applause, yeah. <sighs> It was great. There was tons and tons of greens, and they were out there working, and uh, our pantry guests were here receiving that produce, and that was great. So that was just such a blessing. Pantry happened yesterday. We had a dance party in here last week. We had lots of soup. Yeah. We had lots of soup. What was... Oh, Debbie's not here today. Her daughter had a baby yesterday. What was the dance she taught us? Where are you, Mike? Square, was it square dancing? 
Oh, that's what it was called. Okay. Square dancing. I don't know. I came in late, and then I did it. Um, so it was really fun. So just lots of different ways for us to celebrate living life. Yes? Are you excited to just be breathing? Yes. 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 Thank you, Lord. Um, all right. A couple of business items. If you are looking to receive a giving statement from New Song. When you give your tithe at, in January, you receive a, a giving statement. So um, we are going to make sure that we have your email address correctly uh, in the system because that's when you will that's how you will receive your giving statement initially by the 26th. Excellent. Thank you. Um, so after church, uh, at the welcome table, you know when you come in and there's a table of some people welcoming you into church, our beloved Nancy and Linda will be there and just to make sure we have your email address correct. Now, let me tell you how this works. Sometimes we email all of church and then we get back, rejected, 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 rejected. And so we don't know whose exactly was rejected sometimes. So please, please make sure that we have your email correctly on your way out uh, from church today. And they will also be there next week. Right, correct. So uh, that will be that. Um, and you, you might just want to check your info for any updates. Maybe you moved in the last few months. Maybe you, whatever it is, just check your info. Birthdays. Birthdays is big for us, right? We just did that. So uh, birthdays is big. Nancy is so faithful in sending out uh, happy birthday cards, and we get to know it's your birthday, so let us celebrate you, please. Um, okay, last bit of information. Next Sunday at 5 p.m., there is a men's hangout at Glendora Marketplace, and that is uh, you can either bring yourself and not partake in any of the establishments are there, or you can get a taco, you can get a burger, you can get, there's lots of choices there, so you can also get a beer, yes, uh, and if you don't like beer, bring your own, um, so uh, that is next Sunday at five o'clock, and that has been super, uh, just a really good time for, for our men to get to know each other, you guys have, the, you guys have been, it's been a good time? Yeah, okay, so men, note that down. And then ladies, the last Monday of the month, the 30th, we are going to have right here uh, in the other building, we are going to have our women's night. So please note that down so that you can be here at 6.30 on the 30th, okay? So lots of things going on, lots of information for you. I don't think I missed anything. I think I may have said too much. It's okay. All right, will you join me in prayer as we continue the service today? Lord Jesus, thank you so much uh, for this day. Thank you that uh, rain, wind, or shine, whatever it is, God, God, we are alive. We are breathing. Uh, whatever it is we are feeling today, whether it is uh, just a joy uh, because everything is going well or a weight because not everything is going well, or whatever it is, God. Some of us have physical ailments. Some of us have mental health challenges. Whatever it is, God, I pray that right now, in this moment, you will calm our hearts, calm our minds, so that we would hear from you. God, thank you for just an amazing band that brought us um, 
just all the songs this morning. Uh, God, I pray now as Grant brings us your word, God, that we would be able to hear with just anticipation of what you might be saying to each of us individually, each of us walk our own walk. God, thank you for Grant and his preparation. May you bless him this morning as he brings us your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Husband of the birthday girl, come on up. Yeah. Do you mind if I cut this short this morning? I got to go buy her a gift. No, no, no. I'm already planned out. Everything's, everything's ready. I had the whole month. It just suddenly comes up. It's like it was just yesterday. It was her last birthday. So, how's everyone doing this morning? Good? Thanks for coming out through the... I mean, most Southern Californians, they won't venture out in this kind of freezing temperature, right? Um, so, we've started a journey through the New Testament book of Hebrews. We began that last week. Uh, for those of you who are here, um, we kicked that off. I just want to, before we continue, uh, just mention this little book. I bought a, a couple of these. There's one out in the foyer if you want to take a look at it. And it's basically just the text of Hebrews. It costs $5.99 on Amazon. I don't necessarily want to plug Amazon because it's destroying the world. But, <laughs> but if you do Amazon, it's $5.99. You can take a look out there and, and check out. But it's basically all the text of Hebrews with nothing else and just a blank page on the right-hand side. Uh, some of us are going through this just to keep notes and things. It also has some beautiful illustrations in there. So just a little plug for that. Um, but yeah, we started last week, and in the first chapter, we discovered that we don't really know who the author of Hebrews was, we don't really know who the particular audience was, or, or even particularly the time when it was sent, uh, but we do know that this unnamed author, author is writing to his friends during a time of struggle for them, when they are feeling very um, disheartened and struggling to press on in their relationship with God and with one another for many reasons. And so right at the beginning, without any of the usual greetings, usually letters in the New Testament start with Paul, an apostle, sent by Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you, etc. He doesn't say any of that, or she doesn't say any of that, just goes straight into this message. It's urgent. And starts by saying that God in the past spoke in many, many different ways to the people of God. Uh, but now God has supremely and conclusively spoken to the world in and through his son, Jesus. And then he lists this incredible paragraph of all these astounding truths about who Jesus is and will be for all of eternity. He is God's son, heir of all things, the radiance of God's glory, exact representation of his being. He's the God that we can see, superior to angels, the firstborn. He is called God, Lord. He's anointed with the oil of joy. He created the universe. He was participant in that, loved righteousness and hated wickedness. He sustains all things by his powerful word. He provided purification for sins. He is seated at the right hand of God. His throne will last forever and ever, and he will remain the same, and he will be victorious. It's incredible how all this is crammed into this beginning part. Well, now at the start of chapter two, that was an entire chapter one that we did last week. He's going to change his direction, his tone, his tack. It's like kind of like a teacher. Remember at school, a teacher would be at the board and they'd ever back to you so you could be mischievous, do whatever you wanted. And they'd be writing all these factoids that you needed to know. So all the facts are on the board. And then they would turn to you and address you face to face. 
with the practical implications of all that information. That's kind of what he's doing now at this, these four verses. You know, when I lived uh, on Orcas Island, as many of you know, up in, the, up in Washington State, I lived on an island of about 4,500 people and doubled to like 9,000 in the summer. It was a very much a tourist destination. Uh, I had the privilege of knowing a lot of people who owned boats. Anyone here own or have access to a boat? Okay, on Orcas Island Community Church, there'll be a lot more hands would be going up. A lot of boats. In fact, one of the first pieces of advice that someone gave me was, Grant, if you're tempted to buy a boat, don't. At some point, someone will give you a boat. Um, and they did, but without an engine. So my project boat soon became someone else's project boat. It's just one boat being passed around. Maybe that's the boat of which they were speaking. Um, but it was an island surrounded by water, very pristine, clean, beautiful waters. They have orchid whales up there. And I was often invited by people to go crabbing or fishing. And actually, Dave, who was the senior pastor there when I was first hired uh, at the church, used to jokingly suggest to members that during crabbing season or fishing season to remember to tithe on your catch to the church. And he was kind of joking, but regularly people would come on Sunday morning with coolers full of Dungeness crab or lingcod or salmon. It was a pretty cool deal. Uh, so one beautiful autumn day, I went fishing with a really good friend of mine on his boat. And as it happened, my dad, my mom and dad were visiting then. So my father came with us. That's my dad there back in the day. Um, and we hadn't caught anything. We were, what's it called, skunked? We were being skunked. Um, and so we were going to try this one more spot, which was, you know, a kind of like more certain place maybe to catch a fish. And so we, we just kept trying and nothing, didn't catch anything. So we're preparing to head for home. The day was getting late. Uh, however, the engine wouldn't start. And my friend, whose, whose boat it was, tried everything they could think of to get this boat going. Uh, there was actually an additional outboard motor, which is for such occasions, but it hadn't worked for quite a long time because there'd never been a reason to use it because the regular engine worked fine. Uh, and due to the time of day and, and lack of an engine, the tides and things were starting to cause us to, to move where we potentially didn't want to go, and there was really nothing we could do about it. So this is exactly the picture that the writer of Hebrews is creating for us in his words today. A warning for people in danger of drifting in dangerous waters, and in a word of advice. So let's together listen to the word of God. This is Hebrews chapter two, verses one to four. Therefore, so therefore is after the whole part, because of all this that he said, then he turns to the class and says, therefore, we must pay greater attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. For if the message declared through angels was valid, and every transgression or disobedience received a just penalty, how can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? It was declared at first through the Lord, and it was attested to by those who heard him, while God added his testimony by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to his will. So we might have some idea about what it might look like to drift in a small boat, that's probably quite easy to imagine, but what does the author mean here by drifting away? And from what? Drifting away from what? So firstly, apparently it's what they have heard that they are drifting from that he's so concerned about. What did they hear? What we have heard. And then he goes, well, he goes on to talk about some... some um, communication from God. We already heard about in the, in the past, God spoke through many, many ways to, through the prophets and through angels to the people. 
Um, so the first thing is a message declared by angels. That's kind of the foundation that he's starting on to talk about this danger of drifting away. What was the message declared by angels? Well, in the Old Testament, really, it came down to the fact that, that these prophets and angels and things declared there was one living God, one true living God who created the heavens and the earth, and that he had called from out of Abraham's family a nation who were to follow him, who were to obey him, and show all the surrounding nations what a life of trust and faith in this living God looked like. And they were given the law. The law was given. Then the second thing is Jesus declared. So this is really where it gets to the point. Jesus declared this is the thing that he's so concerned about that they would be drifting away from. And he calls it so great a salvation. And this is what he was doing earlier. He talks about the angels. That was wonderful and true. God spoke correctly, rightly to people. But now in these days, he has spoken supremely and finally through Jesus. So great a salvation. So where is that? I, I look through the Gospels. When's kind of the first time that Jesus announces this? Well, in Luke chapter four, there is this fantastic little story where Jesus, at the very early part of his ministry, it's after being about, he'd been tempted in the wilderness and he had uh, used the word of God to rebuke Satan, the devil, and then he had been baptized and then it says this, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. And what's he reading? He's reading the Old Testament, right? He's reading what God spoke through the prophets in times past in the synagogue on that day. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Mic drop, right? I love it. It's the old, you know, old uh, New Testament mic drop. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Hallelujah, man. So Jesus comes speaking, communicating with clarity, for those who will pay attention. He came to achieve on behalf of the people of God what they were unable to do and then makes universal this plan, this salvation for all of creation. This is not plan B from outer space, right? This is, you could say Christ's coming was plan A from heaven. So the second, the, the, the first major thing is Jesus proclaimed this. He, he declared it. He, this is what he came to tell us. The second thing is witnesses testified. Witnesses testified. Hebrews tells us that these, the person writing Hebrews and their friends heard from people who heard from Jesus about this message and they passed it on faithfully because it was so important they would give their lives for this message. So John, someone who indeed did live his entire life for the gospel, for the message, in his gospel writes, the word became flesh. Remember the word, communication. The speaking God became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Powerful word. 
passed it along. The, the next thing is God testified. God didn't just leave this on an earthly frame. God intervened into history on the earth. It says that he added by his testimony, by signs and wonders and various miracles. There were these identifying moments, and they were few and far between. Miracles by nature are not commonly things that happen. They are occasional moments, often just including nature, involving nature. It's nothing necessarily supernatural, but God did these incredible things. People were healed to show that this was the real deal. And then the Holy Spirit testified. So we've got Jesus testifies. We've got witnesses testifying, God testifying, and then the Holy Spirit also testifies, he tells us. By what? By the distribution of gifts. What kinds of gifts? What was the Holy Spirit doing? Well, the fruit of the Spirit, love, peace, joy, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, started to manifest themselves in these people, and they were wondering what was happening to them. They were changing from the inside out, having a different kind of love for their neighbors, an understanding for themselves, and a gathering together around this love they had for God, who had trans was transforming their lives. Not just that, but wisdom, direction, understanding, knowledge. New eyes to see, new hearts to feel, new minds to think, and new hands and feet to worship and to serve. Something was happening. The gospel is effective. It changes things in real time, and this is what they had seen. So this is the good news. Sorry. It's not the earrings. It's the, I don't know, my aging skin. <laughs> Gravity always wins, man. So that's the good news, okay? There is some not so good news, which I love that, especially on uh, Thursdays, we go to Charter Road Mobile Home Estates. My dear friend Penelope is here this morning, and we just have a simple Bible study together. We're going through Matthew right now, and we always ask, what does this tell us about God? being that God is showing us himself in Jesus, and pretty much someone always says, he doesn't pull his punches, he just, he's honest. He tells us what we need to know. And that's what this writer's doing also. He doesn't just give us some good news to make us feel good. He gives us some honesty to cause us to think and reflect about how important and serious this is. Hebrews 2, verses 1 to 3, he says, Do not drift away from it. For the, for the message declared through angels was valid, and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty. How can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Now, there's a difference here in the words. I think this is very interesting. The words that are talked about, used to describe breaking of the law versus what's happening here with this great salvation of grace. The words connected with law are transgression and disobedience. Transgression and disobedience. But the words attached to grace, this, this new paradigm whereby we are forgiven and invited into the kingdom, are drift away and neglect. They're different because it really is about a personal relationship with Jesus. And it's, it's, it's less about him being concerned that you're being disobedient, the stern father, and more like the faithful, loving friend who we don't call, we don't check in with, we wonder why we're struggling. So here's the thing. The medium here is the message. Don't drift away from what you've heard, the message. But the message is the whole thing, the person, the presence, the grace, the forgiveness, the love, the power. Don't drift from this. 
We talked earlier about what it says in chapter one, who Jesus is. Jesus is God. He is creator, sustainer, forgiver, etc. So what is it that's gonna happen? We say, how can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So really what he's telling us is Jesus is the most real thing that exists. He is reality. And we made in his image are called to live into that relationship and the truth of how God has made this creation and our place in it. So here's the terrible thing. If we drift away from this, where else are we going to go? If this is the, if this is the truth, we're going into the void of some kind, right? And remember, this is written to Christians. This is not written to people who don't know about Jesus. This is written to people who have heard the news and they are starting to drift away through whatever reason. Jesus is reality. So what is the alternative? It is unreality. It is delusion. Jesus is making us more fully human. That is his purpose, to cause us to, to more more closely relate to his desire for his creation, which is to love God and love our neighbor with value for ourselves. So if Jesus is making us more, more human, if we drift away from this message, which is the person, what is the alternative? It is dehumanization. And I think that's what I see in this world. I'm sometimes shocked at how callous people can be about sacred, beautiful powerful things, especially other people. This dehumanization of our culture. Don't drift away from the one who can make us more human in the best sense of that. Basically, what we can be is either community or competitors. That's what happens. We drift away, we become competitors. Because how else are we gonna get what we need unless we get it from somebody else? Climb the ladder, get to the top. And wonder why life makes no sense. Jesus is the message that we're called to be careful not to drift, to pay greater attention to. Okay, we're going to return to the story of the three men in the boat on the raging seas, because I know you're worried about me and my dad and my friend. Oh. To be continued, part two next week. No. So really, my friend was getting definitely worried and he's a very chill guy. I'm not going to say his name, okay? Um, but he's really chill. And one of my, just a dear friend, but you could tell he was pretty perplexed by this non-starting engine. And he's like, you know, he's invited me and my father, my, you know, older than us father, to come fishing. We've not caught anything. And now we're on a boat drifting in the ocean with no engine. So we were definitely in trouble. I was, as far as I could, from my perspective, I'm like, oh no, like the waters around Puget Sound and Salmon Islands are famously tidal. And they can be dangerous, and there's a lot of rocks. So uh, my father, who my friend didn't know that well, was sitting quietly just observing what was going on, being like, a, you know, a guest would. Um, and eventually, though, he spoke up and he said, uh, can I help? And I'm like, of course. Because <laughs> what I didn't tell you about my dad is not only is he Mr. Norman Miles, he's actually also Captain Norman Miles. <laughs> And he has spent the majority of his life on the ocean in ships of all sizes. 
He can navigate by the stars. Before they had GPS, he learned to do all the sextant stuff and full on. He learned the ways of water and tides and winds. And I'd say he's as comfortable, if not more comfortable, on the water than he was on land. You know, and I see waves and wind and, and land and tides and things. He sees pattern and meaning. It's not scary to him. He was watching us, probably with slight amusement. <laughs> Wondering when I might remember that he's a captain. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, Dad, great. I don't want to, you know, my friend, people, there, he's the captain. Whoever's got the boat, right, they're the captain, right? You don't want to hurt someone's pride, right? But my dad was like, I'd help, you help. So he just basically got to it, discovered there was a little fuel line that had just come detached. The engine wasn't getting any fuel. Simple to him. Um, so here's the point, though. Okay. Drifting, imagine that. Just rec- we need to recognize who and what we have in our boat and pay attention to it. There's an amazing thing about this passage in that it mentions in only four verses, Father, Son, and Spirit. The whole of this beautiful, mysterious thing we call the Trinity, which is everything we could ever need. And there's testimony mentioned People, eyewitnesses who testified the truth of these things. Jesus is in the boat with us. I know what's happening with this. I apologize. But not only that, there are lots of witnesses to this day. This thing moves on into now. The Holy Spirit is still continuing to work in and among us. And there are testimonies aplenty in this very room this morning. There are brothers and sisters and spiritual parents and spiritual grandparents with gifts and testimony and experiences, and it's still happening today. We have so much that we can pay attention to, which will slow down the natural drift that we tend towards in this world. I was thinking about it. My father could have taught me a great deal if I'd been paying more attention. He's going to love listening to this. (laughs) Right? But I thought I knew it all. So therefore, in the boat, I was as good as useless. I'm going to tell you guys a story as we move toward closing. Um, And you may have heard this story. It's about a Christian who lived near a large river. And one day, a serious rainstorm, you know nothing about that, threatened the town. And there was a knock at the door. And it was a local fire station representative encouraging people to evacuate before the river burst its banks. Well, this gentleman wasn't afraid of a little bit of water because he had such confidence in God. So he declined the offer to leave, stating that his trust was entirely in God. And he began praying. Well, the river did indeed flood. And the man was forced to move into the upper floor of his home. And as he was looking out the window, praying to God... An inflatable boat came along and offered him a ride out of his predicament. Well, confidently, he once again expressed his undying faith and strong faith that God indeed would take care of him. Uh, And he continued his prayers. Well, the water continued to rise until he had to seek refuge on the roof. It had gotten dark by now. Suddenly, a bright light shone down on the roof, and the air was filled with sound, and he thought, angelic rescuers. Well, no, it was a helicopter. And from above came the sound, Excuse me, we'll come to rescue you from your roof. Grab the line, we'll take you to safety. And he waved them off. God was going to rescue him. More prayer on his knees by now, soggy wet knees. 
the water continued to rise. And so, sadly, the man disappeared into the water and was lost. But not forever. He found himself suddenly in heaven in the presence of Jesus. And he said, why didn't you save me, Lord? And Jesus said, I sent you a fireman, a boat, and a helicopter. What more did you want? Jesus still declares this great salvation. We could do with spending a bit more time simply reading his words in the Gospels. Witnesses still declare this great salvation. God still on occasion brings confirming signs and wonders and even miracles if we have the eyes to see them and stop explaining everything away as coincidence. Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit still gives gifts, wisdom, direction, community, and diversity and unity to us. And we're called to press on and press in. That's what we're doing here. We're not messing around playing church. This is not just a fun diversion for a Sunday morning. This is us trying to pay closer attention to all that we have been told. And it's been going for thousands of years. And I believe the best is yet to come. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come up as we prepare to respond so, you know, so much of this, we've been given bodies with, that we can actually move to respond. That's a powerful thing. That's why we get out of our seats uh, for those who are able or our friends bring us the communion. And we do this very tactile thing. We take bread and we take a cup to recognize that Christ came in the flesh and he ate food with his friends. But then just as he did for Isaiah, he brought a whole new meaning to it and said, this is my body for you. This is my blood shed for you. This is a new thing I am doing. This is the kingdom and it has come. Still, so much we live in the times of now, but not yet. We see so much brokenness. But our call is to pay attention that we would be a light in this world for people who are, are done with the paradigm, the normal, the status quo of our culture and our society, right? We love each other with diversity. We're different, but we love each other because of Christ. So I'm going to um, invite folks to come and get us, man, there's... Uh, tables. Melody and I will be here at the front. Let's have a... Um, who's going to go at the back with uh, Chris? Okay. Peter, you want to join Chris at the back? Can I? Thank you. So, as always, you know, churches have different um, convictions about who can take communion, who can serve communion. Uh, I don't know what's happening in your heart today. Only God knows. But I would say, if you desire to follow Jesus... <laughs> even though you don't think you're doing it perfectly and you're not sure what it's going to look like, this is an, an action that you can say, yes, I want to follow you. I want to know you, recognizing my life is yours, God, and I will offer it to you. This is our surrender and our chance to show it. So uh, in your time, you can come out either to the back or to the front and get a piece of bread and a cup, and then we'll hold them together and take them together shortly. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should have eternal life, not perish. He took bread, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Let's take the bread.
And he took a simple cup with some wine and he declared that he was indeed going to take care of sin for all time. His shed blood cleanses us. There's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He said, take it and drink, all of you. Lord, may you be glorified through our lives. We confess that we are weak. We are, we are not currently who we will be. Thank you that your grace is sufficient for us, that we can embrace our lives today, understanding that you are active and working. Open our eyes to see your work in our world. Give us courage to participate. Help us to pay close attention to all that is available to us in which we can participate to find ourselves renewed day by day. Thank you for this community. Thank you for the power of all of these people and the knowledge you've given, the experiences, some enjoyable, some extremely painful, but all together, such a beautiful witness uh, to your love. In Jesus' name, amen.